The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Welcome to the eighth class in the Writing 101 series. I did not anticipate that this would turn into eight episodes, which is actually going to turn into nine episodes, but I'm excited that it has because I feel like this series is going to help a lot of people. And today I wanted to talk about something that's one of my passions, and maybe you're wondering uh, how all of this fits in if you write nonfiction. So today we're going to talk about storytelling in nonfiction. And I just wanted to start by telling you that there are a lot of different types of nonfiction. And Maria and I will be covering all of these different things inside of Write the Perfect Read, the nonfiction edition. Uh, but for now, I just really wanted to go over the most popular types of uh, nonfiction right now, and that is self-help and also memoir. And actually, those two are very closely related, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, so if you've been trying to develop all these ideas and you're like, okay, I went through the character arc, I went through that, da-da-da-da-da, but nonfiction, how does this apply to that? And the truth is you can use the same tools that I've given you throughout the series in relation to fiction to change your nonfiction or to write nonfiction or even to use when you're telling other people about yourself, whether that's, uh, you know, for business purposes or for the purposes of making really cool friends. So you can kind of look at yourself as a character and think, okay, what are the big points on my personal character arc and how can I relate to other people by bringing up these points and thinking about myself uh, from an outside, non, uh, <laughs> from basically an objective perspective, which is really hard, I think, for us to do. But when we're looking at our story collectively, I think that's when we really have a lot of those aha moments that we need in order to keep going when life is trying to play antagonist and beat us up. So, First, we're going to talk about self-help. And uh, if you're interested in writing self-help, that means that you've got a message that you believe will help and change someone else's life. And that's why it's called self-help, because you're reading it because you want to help yourself do something better or be better at something. So for example, if you read Write the Perfect Read, the fiction edition, that's because you want to help yourself be better at writing fiction. This podcast is a self-help podcast. You're listening to me talk on and on about how to use expensive words in order to write more compelling fiction or nonfiction. And you're listening to this by yourself and you're taking these little tips that I'm giving you and you're changing your writing. And that's you helping yourself through the podcast. So the way that self-help should work 
is that you want to have one big story, your big narrative. And usually it's going to be a type of uh, journey where you don't know what you're doing. You go through this stuff, you learn something really cool, and then it changes your life. That's the big story that you're going to share in your self-help book. And you kind of want to split it up as you go. You do like a vague version of it at the beginning of your book. And then you talk about uh, you talk about different pieces of it as you go on. And then at the end, you're like, and see, now you know all this. So you can be where I am on the other end of this problem and on the other end of this pain. And that is the format we used for writing, uh, Write the Perfect Read, the Fiction Edition. It is the same format we'll be using for Write the Perfect Read, the Nonfiction Edition. And it's the same format you'll recognize in any decent self-help book. So you might be saying, okay, well, I have this one big story that I'm going through for the entire length of the book. What do I write in between that? And I will tell you that the more of yourself that you put into this book, the more the reader will be able to relate with you. Uh, and of course, there are rules to that. You don't want to have, you know, 15 chapters complaining about how crappy it was in the in-between times. That's not what a reader is looking for. But um, if you can have some mini stories that you plug in between the fabric of your big story as it culminates, as the book moves towards the end, then you have these little tiny mini opportunities to teach the reader something through your personal own pain points. Uh, and so I, of course, when I'm writing about writing, as I often do, I always talk about my different projects. So if you've been listening to this series, you're like, man, she's talking a lot about that Tyler Hart character right now and the time portal, and that's because that's what I'm writing, and so it's most accessible to me to think of what in my current project is relatable and important for the listener of the show. So that's why I've been talking about the panverse in the setting episode, and I've been talking about Tyler in the character arc episode, because I'm working through those things right now, and those are my mini-stories, and I'm relating them to you while I'm telling you the overarching story of how you can take an idea that maybe you're not sure is so great or so original and turn it into a compelling book for a specific target audience. And I should do an episode in this series about target audience, but I won't because I've already done a lot of episodes about target audience. And I've also included a free extra class on it in the Write This Way course. That's the bonus for signing up is you get a free course on that in which I go way more into detail than I do in the shortened bonus chapter in Write the Perfect Read, the fiction edition, about target and trope. So if you're really interested in that, go back, listen to some of the episodes I recorded earlier, uh, or you can get Write the Perfect Read, the fiction edition, or if you want a way more in-depth talk, pep talk from me, uh, with a lot of information about how to write for a specific target audience, I recommend the Write This Way course. And not only will you learn to stop doing the six, thing that re six things readers hate most, but you will also get a bonus class from me, which is a good 30 minutes on how to figure out your target audience and uh, write to them. So that's why we're not having it in this course. But uh, if you're writing self-help, then your target audience is usually hopefully, people who are having a hard time doing what you figured out to do. 
Uh, for example, I was reviewing a few books this week, and I reviewed one about potty training boys, and I was like, oh, this lady is so smart because I have potty trained a boy and two girls. And potty training is super rough, okay? But if you go by this lady's book, which I cannot remember her name, nor do I remember the name of the book. I'll probably put that in the comments for this episode. Uh, and if you have a little boy, she talks about how to do the three-day method. And her advice is really great. It's all stuff I learned the hard way. I really wish I had had her book uh, when I potty trained my son. And boys and girls potty train differently, and that's one of her points. Um, so she had a pain point in her life where she had to learn how to potty train two boys. Or, yeah, I think that's what it was. And then she had a girl. She's opposite of me, I believe. And then uh, she figured out all this stuff, and she wrote a book about it. And I was like, oh, so smart. Because, yeah, and I haven't read any other potty training books that are as practical as hers. Uh, and also, I found that all of the advice that she gave was stuff I had to find from, like, 50 different sources, which was exhausting. So, you know, like, her pain has turned into a product that can stop other people from having that same experience that she went through and also that I went through. So that's what self-help is. You're writing to someone who's like you. And so you need to think about how can I approach this uh, from a storytelling perspective where I'm telling stories about what I did and what I didn't do and what I learned. And so I would say fill out the character worksheet with these ideas in mind and make yourself the main character if you're going to write a self-help book. Of course, I am in the works of creating uh, tailored worksheets for Write the Perfect Read, the nonfiction edition, which hopefully will be out on January 25th. No big promises, because uh, there have been some complications, uh, including some unforeseen things that are just taking uh, attention away from the project that are very important. Real life stuff, family stuff, should come before your writing projects. I know that a lot of people will tell you, no, just pursue your art at no matter the cost. You know what? Being with your family is extremely valuable to your life. And uh, no, I wouldn't just be like, okay, well, a uh, family member whom I love, you're having a rough time right now, but I'm going to ignore you because I'm writing this project. So that's Maria and I's rule that uh, we have room in our writing schedule and we give each other uh, flexibility because you just don't know what's going to happen. And so right now is one of those moments that we're going through uh, together and supporting each other. And so I might have to push the deadline for that book back and I have no regrets about that whatsoever. So that's just a real life writing application <laughs> for you. Yeah, family should come first, not in the way that they tell you not to write, but in the way that if something is happening and you need to be there for someone in your family, you absolutely should stop writing and take a break and go deal with that. So you're looking for, <laughs> the by the way, the character worksheet is included in the fiction uh, writer's worksheets that are available at www.literarysymmetry.com slash WTPR dash F. And the F is for fiction and also for free because they're free. Um, but yeah, so look forward, to, you know, those other worksheets are going to come out eventually. Okay, so that is what you do if you're writing self-help, is you have the one big story and then the mini stories. And the more expensive words you can use, that means words that you uh, have 
written based on your own difficult experiences. That's what this whole podcast is about. If you can do that, you're going to be able to relate a lot more genuinely to your target audience, which remember, they're like you. That's why they're reading your book. And it's just going to, your book will do better. Your book will be better. Like it will sell better and it will be better written because those expensive words, uh, they're like the magic pixie dust that you sprinkle on your book so it can fly. I like that. Maybe I'll write that down. (laughs) Okay. And then the other type of uh, writing the storytelling in nonfiction that I wanted to talk about is memoir. And uh, like self-help, in memoir, you're writing about yourself. (laughs) That's the whole point of memoir is uh, you write about yourself. So what do self-help and memoir have in common? They require you to share stories about yourself. And you can pick like a specific time period in your memoir. If you're thinking about writing memoir, you already know what time period you want to write about. It's not like you're like, hmm, what part of my life should I write? I mean, if there's not something that's naturally occurring to you, I think if you go journal for like 15 minutes about the most pressing thing, you would figure it out. For me, uh, at some point, hopefully soon, my writing schedule is getting crazier and crazier, but I I started a piece uh, that is about sixth grade to the end of uh, college for me. And it's about one specific friendship that I had uh, and how that went up and down through all these different sorts of things. And it's it's an exciting project. I kind of can't wait to get it out. Maria's always like, when are you going to work on that more? Because she likes it. And uh, so because she's also from the 90s, you know, like grew up in the 90s. Because we're almost the same age, and she's always like, I'm older than you. And I'm like, just like by a tiny bit, you're definitely closer to my age than any of my other friends right now. Because a lot of my friends are younger, and they have like the tiny, cute little kids that we can babysit for them, and it's so much fun. Uh, So if you're writing memoir, you would include things about your friendships, about your relationships. Uh, There is something tricky about that because... If you're writing your story and you include someone in the story, like your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister or your cousin, whatever else, and they're alive, they actually have a reasonable right to uh, expect privacy if they're not a public figure. So that means that they can sue you if you write something about them that makes them look bad. Uh, But they would have to prove that that thing that you wrote is untrue. So you just have to be careful with that. That's what any good copy editor will tell you. Uh, For me, I'm not writing anything negative about anyone in my family in this memoir. Uh, Not that everyone in my family is perfect, um, but the focus of this memoir is outside of family relationships and friendships and how those uh, change and shape you as you grow from an adolescent into an actual adult person. (laughs) So um, the focus of this memoir for me is not really on my family. I've written a little bit about my family in my nonfiction uh, with their support. And uh, even though they were like, we don't really like this, but we support you. So do what you do what you want to do. And I was like, okay, I'll take that as you're not going to sue me. So and those books all worked out uh, really well. They've helped a lot of people. So thanks to my family for allowing me to put that stuff in there, which was part of my story and Uh, One of the things that 
you have to consider when you're writing memoir and self-help is that if you're bitter when you're writing it, it's going to come across as bitter and it's not going to actually help anybody. So, for example, uh, in my book, You Aren't Worthless, Unlock the Truth to Godly Confidence, I talk about how, you know, my parents did certain things that shaped my opinion of myself, but in the end, it was my own choices that led to a lot of, uh, if not all of the mistakes that I actually had to resolve later as an adult. So, you know, uh, it was my own choice. I, I became an adult and then I was still making those unhealthy decisions. So I take all the blame for that as I should. And I'm not mad at my parents uh, for anything that did or did not happen during my childhood. I love my parents. Um, but I wasn't really able to write that book until I got to that place where I realized, hey, okay, maybe they weren't perfect because guess what? No humans are perfect. But a lot of that stuff that you went through was actually your own fault. And then I was like, okay, now I can write about it and I can teach people how to avoid that. I'm sorry, just let me quit mail. I was actually able to move forward myself and in that help other people who uh, have gone through the same feelings of worthlessness and not understanding how to fight against that. So that's that's true for memoir too. If you're reading a book that is written by someone who is blaming literally every single thing in their life on other people, that's not really going to uh, draw people in. It's not going to draw readers in because there has to be some amount of personal responsibility. Now, uh, I want to say that, but I also want to add that if you've experienced traumatic things and pain in your life and you're trying to share those to show other people that, hey, you can overcome this too, instead of like, look what these people did to me and everything is their fault, that's fine. You should share those things uh, if you are able to share them in a legal way and in a way that helps other people understand where you're coming from instead of just saying, I blame everything on this person. And uh, yeah, because listen, there are people who are trying to mess you up sometimes in life, a lot of times, and no families are perfect. No relationships are perfect. Uh, but you know, you can read something about someone who's been through literal hell and still root for them when they're like, yes, all this stuff happened to me, but that's not the end of this story. So I guess that's where I'm coming from. I'm not saying, you know, don't talk about the difficult things that have happened to you. That's opposite of what this whole podcast is about. But I will say that if you just want to write a list of all the people who hurt you and then have that be the end of the memoir, it's not going to probably be well received. It might be kind of therapeutic for you, but uh, I would encourage you to look for those moments in your own story where you finally stood up to something that was unhealthy or where you distance yourself from uh, a toxic relationship and, and focus on that choice instead of the choice of the other person because you can't control what other people do. You can only control what you do, which is frustrating but also very true. So uh, all that to say, I know that a lot of us have had really painful moments in our past, and we want to write through those things. And I'm saying, yes, you should do that. But I'm also encouraging you to look for the way to find hope in that as you're doing it. Um, because I, like I said, uh, some of my personal heroes are people that you will never hear of because they have been in situations where they were completely not in control and someone else actually used 
them like an object. And, uh, yeah, because they come out of a background of fighting against human trafficking, and that's awful. But I will say that those people who are my heroes are very resilient and brave to work through all of those issues and to be able to come out and say, look, I went through this literal horror and I found this way to find hope for my future. And so that's what I'm saying. Just keep that in mind because making a list of all the bad things that have happened to you in life uh, is not really something that constitutes a memoir. And also you need to remember that storytelling is all about human connection. And unless you have that beat of hope uh, running through your difficult story, it's going to be hard for people to track with you and it's going to be even more difficult for you to impact people in a positive way. And if you can impact someone through storytelling connection, then you can help them uh, face the scary times in their lives just like you did inside of yours. So yeah, I hope that wasn't too preachy. I just want you to understand that uh, whatever you've gone through in your life, you still have a choice. Remember, it's like Hogarth says in The Iron Giant, you are who you choose to be, and you can still overcome those things, and you can still uh, work to inspire hope in other people. And I believe in you. I love reading self-help books. Uh, Maria also is like the self-help book expert. I literally go to her. Uh, for book recommendations. And she sends me books for my birthday every year that will make me a better version of myself. And I love that about her. And also, I'm a huge fan of memoir. I just got a few memoirs uh, loaded up on my Kindle because I'm getting ready to start research for my own memoir project because I'm getting ready to do research again. <laughs> I've done lots of research, uh, rounds of research for it already. But I'm always interested interested to see how people are telling their stories. And I want you to know that the storytelling skills you've been learning in this course are very applicable to nonfiction. And I can't wait to see what you come up with. And I'm excited for the last class, which is episode nine in the Writing 101 series, where we're going to do a wrap up and talk about how you can move forward with all of this new knowledge that I've just spoken into your brain. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. Happy writing.